Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I explore the world of geocaching. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also follow Geo Adventures on Buy Me a Coffee for a behind the scenes look on every episode. That's one word G E O Adventures. It's free to follow, or you can become a member and unlock exclusive posts and information. Your memberships go a long way for helping support the podcast and are greatly appreciated. Hi, everybody. Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and with me is returning guest Rich Cunningham, aka Grateful Casher. You will remember him from Season 3, Episode 5, the Human Trackable Miniseries Part 1. Welcome back. Hi, it's nice to be back. Chance to talk geocaching. Yes. Always fun. Thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. So today we're going to talk about pocket queries, which I actually don't know much about. But you, on the other hand, absolutely love them, correct? Yes, they're they're something that I use every time I go geocaching. And even when I'm not, I mean, it's nice to have one. And if you're in an area where you don't, aren't really familiar with, you just pop out the old GPS and, but it's, it's, yeah, they're, they're very, um, very worthwhile spending the time becoming familiar with them. So this is a premium membership feature, Mm -hmm. but for those who aren't familiar with pocket queries, what exactly is, is pocket query? Okay. A pocket query, there's a form on the, um, geocaching website that's called create a pocket query. And it's essentially a um, a list of procedures or questions that you answer that you want to find certain types or parts of ge- or types of geocaches in a geographical area. Um, I'm just going to open up here real quick. I'll go through the questions as usually. The first thing you have to do is come up with a um, uh, clever title or a title. Um, for the one I created today, getting prepped for this one, I called it Yankee Stadium because, uh, you know, being a Yankees fan, um, you know, gotta, gotta be able to get to the stadium every so often. The first thing it's going to ask you is what day do you want it to publish with, um, pocket queries. They're automatically generated by geocaching once you get them completed. So you can select up to, I believe the number is now a thousand caches as part of it. You can select the type of cache. You can make it any type. You can drill it down to where you want traditional caches or just virtual caches or event cache, you know, the various types of geocaches. And then it will return just those caches. Um, The size of container, any type of container that you want that, you know, geocaching accepts. Um, that you can also put distinguishing things in there like, well, I haven't found it. It's enabled, uh, or this cache is disabled. Various parameters on what you want to search for. Um, you can also set the difficulty and terrain of the caches that you want to search for. When I go on vacation and I create, create these, I usually don't put much more over a difficulty of two on a terrain of two because I don't want to spend two hours hunting for something when I'm on vacation and I want to get those numbers up there. You can select them within just about any country in the world 
that um, will accept, you know, that they can place geocaches in. Believe it or not, you can even select the Antarctica. I think there's 20 or so caches down there. So you can do that. You can also, within the United States, select and limit them to certain states. Like for me, usually I limit it to Oregon, Washington, and California, being a West Coaster. Okay. But um, as well, as I explain later, you can also expand those if you want to. Now, when you, when you first select it, you have to choose, well, where's this going to center on? Um, you can use your home location, which everyone has. Uh, you can pick a specific geocache, and then it will search in that area or a zip code, or you can actually go in and just put in um, GPS coordinates. Once you've done that, it will then allow you a range, a radius of that point. And it can be anywhere from one mile to, I think it's up to 500 miles. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure. But what would limit it is the number of caches that you're selecting. So say you select one for 100 miles and it turns 1,000 caches and they're only five miles away. Well, it, won't, it wouldn't work. Okay. Um, you can also select, well, I only want caches that were selected in the last week or between specific dates. Uh, for me, I do that if I'm looking to, oh. to look for, for months like I'm doing a Jasmine challenge and I need coins between, or uh, coins, uh, caches between a certain month and year. Um, so that helps. You can also um, select the attributes that you want to hunt for, either to include or exclude. Like if you're doing a um, hiking one where you, a challenge where you have to hike so many miles, you can put just ones that would have that. Okay. And then at the bottom, um, you put your email address in. And one thing I always do, when you, when you submit this pocket query, it is going to come back to you with a number on the front of it. And it's going to be, it will be emailed to you. There's a box here that says include pocket query name in download file name. What that does is that will give you the number and also the name of your pocket query. Otherwise, if you have multiple pocket queries, you have to go, well, which one's in Oregon? Which one's in Yankee Stadium? So, and that okay. will identify it. The other trick I learned a long time ago, the very first block that you fill out is days to generate. Um, you can generate every day of the week. You can um, do 10 a day, maximum of 10 a day. So you can, in theory, generate 70, or 70 pocket queries in a week. Now, you can have it do it once, every once, and then uncheck itself. You can run it every day of the week or every day of the week if you want to or run it once a week. Or you can have it run it once and then whoop, it'll delete it. Huh. So that's the basics of, of creating a pocket query. It, it might sound a little, you know, intense, but um, I've played with them for a long enough now that I feel comfortable in using them. So that's, that's the, oh, I, the other thing I was going to say is at the very bottom, when you're ready to submit the information, I highly recommend do not select the days to generate yet. And the reason for that is if you select that and you hit submit at the bottom, it will use up one of your daily checks. If you do not check that, you can submit it, and then you can go out and look at it and say, 
well, is this the area I want? Maybe that's, it lets you fine tune it before you actually submit it. Oh, okay. And I learned about this the first time when I was submitting one and I used up all of my checks in one day. I'm going, wait a second, I haven't, it's not ready to go. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, you can fine tune it, you know, like I have, well, we'll get to that later. I've got, I think I looked today, I think I have 110 active pocket queries. Oh, wow. Um, obviously, I don't update them all the time. But um, the reason for that, again, is I want to have flexibility for when I travel and where I'm at. Um, one of the benefits to using it is if you're using your, your handheld GPS, some of the newer ones allow you to update via Wi-Fi. I've not had good luck with those. Now, I don't want to start any controversy here, but <laughs> a lot of people swear by their cell phones. And, you know, with the apps, the Cashly app, the CGO, you know, you can update on the fly while you're out. My preference is to use my GPSR and I just download them from my computer and they sit on, or excuse me, download them onto the device and they're just sitting there fat, dumb and happy anytime I want to use them. <laughs> um, now the older, the older I use, I use a Garmin GPS and I've, that's all I've used for probably the last 15 years. It used to be you were limited to the number of pocket queries that you could put on a, um, on a device because yeah. it was limited to the number of waypoints. I'm currently using a, a Garmin GPS map 65S and it holds every pocket query I have. Wow. Everyone. So, and it, it, you know, it's, but again, that's the way I use it. It, it seems to work well. So, okay. but that's, that's one of the benefits is especially, and again, not, not dissing the cell phone users, but when you're out on a mountain in the middle of nowhere, it's probably easier to get a satellite than it is a cell phone tower. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. So you can run 10 queries a day. Mm -hmm. Seven days a week. Seven days a week, so 70 a week. And you can set them to either auto run or you can set it to where you manually go and tell it to trigger the run. Mm -hmm. Or you can tell it to run once and it'll just delete itself. You won't see it anymore. Okay. Now, you can have an unlimited number of active pocket queries, but you're limited to the seven days a week, 10 a day. So, you know. Okay. So we can have as many as we want, but we can't run them all on the same day. Right. Basically. Right. Okay. So like today I did the Yankee Stadium when that was 111. If I'm ever in New York, I don't want to I don't want to go poking around things in New York. So I just created one with virtuals and where I goes around with the mile around Yankee Stadium. So okay. you know, just so I can remember how to do it. I think you're limited to when you first had pocket queries, you were limited to I think five hundred. And then they increased it a few years later where you could do 999 in a query. And I think now they've bumped it to a thousand. Um, so that's, you know, nice. I mean, you know, I figured that's 7,000 geocaches, right? A hundred, 10. Yeah. That's a lot of geocaches yeah, to, 7, to have on your, you can run on your device. Yeah. That's now, a, that's a lot. <laughs> And, and there are some other other methods of creating them too, like um, 
my friend Blue Moth, who is, um, we were talking earlier about uh, Pioneer Cemeteries in Oregon. She's created a list of cemeteries in Oregon that have geocaches in them. And that's a list. It's not exactly a pocket query, but it is a list. And you can also import that into your um, GPSR as well. There's also another query that's, um, if you're a vacationer, that works really well. It's called um, Cache Along a Route. And that allows you to say, I'm going from Portland to Los Angeles. I can draw the route that I want to take. And I can search along that route. I can go a half mile off of I-5, a mile off I-5, you know, so that if you're, if you're driving down the road and you catch something that might um, be interesting to look at, you know, you can do that as well. A lot of flexibility in this. So when I create a query list or pocket query, mm -hmm. can other people, like you can find other people's list on geocaching.com. Can you find other people's pocket queries on geocaching.com? I want to say, I want to say yes. I'm going to look at one of mine right here. I think there is a way to make it private or not. I know you can do that with lists. Um, I'm looking in the pocket query. I don't think, I don't think you, no, I don't think you can share a pocket query. Okay. You can, you can share lists because I was just going to go back and look at mine. Um, lists, lists, I think you can share. Usually if you go to a, a geocache page at the top, uh, on the right side, there'll be something that says, you know, people will, will put their lists there. And I think if you were to put a pocket query there, um, like the one I was telling you about, the, my favorite cache that I just told you about, um, someone put a bookmark list there of there and you can create a pocket query from that. Oh, it's, okay. It's just a um, little click on it. Let me see if one's got a few more. This, the one I was telling you about only has one. So, and a lot of times you can share your pocket queries to that, I would think. Hmm. You know, a, a little rusty on some of this stuff, but, uh, you know, you get old, you, you forget that. Another thing, I, <laughs> another thing I've noticed on the, on the geocaching page, there's a section for premium features. That's where you find the, the building pocket queries. There's also a um, place where you can create lists. And I believe lists are what you can share for, um, to allow the public to take them. Um, I think you can also um, share cash along the routes. Oh, oh okay. Okay, yeah, see, I've got a list here of railroad history caches. Lists are good for if you're trying to keep track of a challenge that you're working on. Um, and this one, yeah, this one will let you share. If you create a list, you can share that. Oh, I'm surprised it won't let you share a pocket query. Oh, have to give Brian a call and say, dude, get, get going with this. <laughs> now, the cache along the route, that's on the same page where you go to create a pocket query. There'll be one that says create a new query. Right next to that is find caches along a route. And okay. you can set up existing routes. There are 
um, people that um, create these and you can search for them. Um, I'm just looking at some of the ones. Wow, I forgot I created some of these. I think you're limited on a cache along the route. I think you're limited to 500 miles. So I have broken them up, you know, to 480 miles, and then you can create another one because it's more than a thousand miles to LA. Right. Another thing I found handy for with pocket queries is virtual geocaches um, and also webcams, caches that there aren't a lot of. I've been able to go in and set up a pocket query for all the virtual geocaches in the, in the U.S. Oh, wow. You know, and the, again, the way you would do that is select just the webcams and then go down and just select the 50 states one at a time. Unfortunately, for some reason, they don't have the United States listed as a country you can select, which I thought was kind of interesting. That's but, a little odd. <laughs> yeah, but you know, to some of them, I think I was just hunting for the, is it down here on the virtuals? Let me see what it says. Uh, yeah, I my virtual cache, there are, hmm, trying to see how many there were. Oh, wrong, wrong column. But in that one, I had to select every state in order to get the result I wanted. You know, uh, oh, I have it for the Western US. I guess I did have to read. So the Western UA, excuse me, the Western US caches I have are basically Colorado West by selecting those states. And then it limited out at 925 caches. Okay. So, um, you know, I have one for the island of Maui. I have one for the Gettysburg Battlefield. And again, these are all selected, again, by this, the parameters you select. Coordinates, GC, uh, other geocaches, uh, zip codes. If you use a zip code to select it, it goes to the actual post office that is that zip code is set to and searches from around there. Okay. Oh, yeah, webcams. The webcam cache I have, I guess there are only 70 active webcam caches left. Yeah, they're dwindling fast. Yeah, well, you know, we always hope they can come up. Let's see. Yeah, and then when you go to select the, um, when you go to select it, you can, after you create a geocache or a pocket query, you can um, go back and look at the results. And I'm just looking at the one I created for the, for the webcams. And yeah, it's the, it's the map of the U.S. So, like you say, there just aren't a lot of them left. But, and that's why I say when you go to create one, don't choose the date or time that you want to submit it to have that. Because then you can go back and look at, look at it and fine tune it. Like um, when I was doing the one for virtual geocaches in the Western U.S., I would go back through and I would select all the states. Oh, that's over 200. That's over 1,000. So I go back and kick a couple of states out until I got the, got the number I want. Then I select submit it. I think mine generates every, every Monday. Okay. So these are really beneficial for if we're looking for something very specific um, for attributes or size or type or anything. And geographic area also. Geographic area. And they can be used offline versus pulling up the app and having it live. Yes. I believe some of the newer apps on the phones, you can do them not live, but I mean, you can call them up there as well. 
Uh, again, I don't use pocket queries on my, my smartphone. I just, you know, I, I just don't. I'm so used to, you know, 95% of what I do is on my GPS. You know, I, I use the smartphone when I'm in a parking lot with time to kill and see, hey, is there anything in this parking lot I haven't found? Yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Light pull cache right over there. I know GeoGo is one that you can do the offline pocket queries mm -hmm. with. And of course we have handhelds. So what kind of file type does it email you when it runs? If I remember, if it's over 500, it will zip it and compress it. Okay. But it, it uh, exports it in a GPX format. GPX, okay. And let me see, let me check one thing real quick. I think it will, when you select the query, you also have the option of, there was another format I wasn't really familiar with. It's called a, you can select GPS exchange format or what's called topographics format. I think that's the, the GPX is .gpx and the topographics luck format is a .loc. I, I've never used those, so I'm, I'm not familiar with what they, um, you know, what format that is. So you would really just need to know what your device you're using is going to take as far as which file type it is. Right, right. And, and I can't speak to anything other than Garmin. I'm sorry, I've, 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 I've never used Magellan. I've, I'm, are there any more even out there anymore? Oh, shoot. I don't know, to be honest with you. Garmin's the, the main one I'm familiar with. Top dog. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's, you know, when I'm on vacation, you know, I will set this up before I go on vacation or I take a trip and it's just more beneficial for me that way. Again, you know, you get 10 geocachers together in a room, they're all going to have different opinions, <laughs> but this is what's worked for me. Um, now I mentioned GSAC before, did I do it while we were live or? I think that was before we started this. Okay. Yeah. There is a, an excellent app out there. Actually, it's a, I think it's a computer program. It's called GSAC is how it's referred to, and it stands for Geocaching Swiss Army Knife. Uh, it's been around for quite a few years. I, I played around with it, but honestly, it's, it's above my head. But there are some geocaches out there that swear by it. That gives you the ability, like if you want to create a pocket query, you can go in and draw the part of the map that you want to search at. Um, it's, it's extremely complicated, again, for me. Um, we, have a we have a cacher in our area named Long Trails, and I, I swear he, he, you ask him a GSAC question, he doesn't even have to look at it. He's just, he's got the answer. Um, the developer of it, I think, has released the source code for it. Um, so it's, you know, got a lot more flexibility with, with techno geeks that want to adapt it and, and improve on it. Uh, I think the only drawback is, the last I heard, it is only on the Windows platform. It's not available for for Mac or Linux or tablet or, or formats. So okay. They've come a long way since I started using them, you know, to each their own, I guess. But it, it I have I have fun with it. You said you had over 100 pocket queries? Uh, active pocket query, yes. Wow. Yeah, and again, a lot of them I've configured for special things like, 
I have every earth cache in the United States, but I, that, that I had to do six different pocket queries to get the geogra geography to fit. You know, I have all the where I goes, I have all the geocaches, I got all the webcams, uh, all the virtuals. So, you know, and again, it's just the flexibility of, you know, after I retire in 47 days and a wake up, I'll have some time to put those into uh, practice. That's pretty cool. I'm thinking about all the things you, so like on the app, the premium members, at least there's that filter search option for the live map. And mm -hmm. it sounds like you can pretty much search everything from that filter and then some using the pocket query. Because you mentioned, oh, yeah. you mentioned attribute, yeah. size, difficulty, terrain, type. Location. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed at how many attributes there are now that are available for um, um, geocaches. I mean, I, I just, I was looking at them here. I think there's, there's over, what, 30 different types of attributes, 40? There's a lot of attribute types out there. Oh, over 40, you know. So when I, you know, when you create a new cache, you have to take all those into consideration. But when you're searching for them too, you know, you can you can select the ones for when it was um, created. The, I've got a few that I've, you know, I'm still trying to keep my Jasmer uh, up to date because uh, I'm good on the other end, but the newer stuff I'm got got to keep up with the new stuff. So. And again, you know, like I say, if I don't want to go searching for two hours for a difficulty of five when I'm on vacation, I can pare it down to, um, you know, what I like. That's cool. I like it. I'm going to have to start poking around with that a little bit, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a YouTube on it somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> there's a YouTube for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what else I could mention, mention about them. You know, I mean, anything, anything you want to search for, you could probably find. I mean, you know, I just, I just thought off the top of my head today, a, a mile radius from Yankee Stadium. It took me, you know, five minutes to do it. You know, it was, uh, oh, that one I, excuse me, that one I sorted by zip code because I didn't know if there were any caches around it. I just, you know, Google zip code Yankee Stadium. It spit out about, 45 virtuals and a couple of where I goes within a couple miles of Yankee Stadium. Wow. So, you know, and again, it's as long as you don't hit submit or select a date and time to submit, you can play around with it all day. Fine tune it to what you want. It sounds pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah. And I'm sure they're there. You know, I'm sure a lot of the, the listeners and, and viewers are saying, oh, we've used pocket. <laughs> You know, but there are so many new people coming in to the um, geocaching world. And now that we're, we're entering into this post-COVID world now, we're starting to see some introduction to geocaching classes pop up. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure we'll have some people that are wanting to get out and pay 6 or $7 for a gallon of gasoline to go, go find a geocache oh, somewhere. Yeah, and, that gasoline yeah. prices are hurting yeah. well, <laughs> well you, you're in the you're in the midwest aren't you i am i'm in missouri and right now in my area it's 445 a gallon 
Shut up. Uh, our our state average just went up to 515. Yeah, I know it's a, I know it's worse in other areas, but it still hurts when I'm at the pump having to fill up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I went to Southern Oregon last week and round trip. I think it was around 190 dollars. Usually it's a lot less than that. Oof. But anyway, yeah. So that'll limit my retirement a little bit. <laughs> standing out, you see me standing out on the side of the road, high cut. Hitchhiking, well, you know, looking for geo, will work for geocache. So, <laughs> oh, that's but, great. Uh, oh, you have a cache highlight for us. Oh and yes, yes I do. We were talking about this a bit before we started recording, and it sounds really interesting. So I'm sure the listeners are going to love this one. All right. Well, it's a virtual geocache, and it's located in Southern Oregon. Uh, the, GOC, the GC number is called is GC9, P is in Paul, 4, V is in Victor, H is in Hotel. And it's called Pioneer Resting Place. And you can probably catch that it's going to be a cemetery. Um, it's located in the town of Jacksonville, Oregon. And Jacksonville was the original county seat for Jackson County. It was a big boom town during the gold rush back in the 1840s, 1850s. Well, this is the Wild West. Um, there's a lot of pioneers up there. And there was a, you know, cowboys and Indians. There were some battles between them. Um, there was a family that was attacked and killed. Well, the husband was killed. The son was kidnapped the mother and daughter made it back to Jacksonville, Oregon. Well, they um, stayed there the rest of their lives. Now, this geocache is a virtual. The only thing you have to do to claim it is they list a brochure that you can view online and take a picture of one of these headstones. Well, it turns out that one of these headstones was the husband and wife of this massacre. And what I thought was very interesting is, let's go back about 50 years. I'm a, I'm a third grade student and they're taking us to this museum and they're showing us, you know, the history of Southern Oregon. And in there, I was attracted by a shotgun and a Bible. And it turns out this was the shotgun and the Bible that was used by the, by the wife and daughter in that um, Indian attack. So, you know, here's this up close and personal piece of history um, that I learned when I was in third grade. So when it came time to do this geocache, um, I just, their headstones were one of the ones. So I did that. Now, what I also found out a few years ago, when we went to the museum to visit it, the docket that turned us around and guided us was actually the great granddaughter of the husband and wife that were killed in the Indian attack. So it was like, you know, it, it kind of brought it home a little bit. But, you know, those are the those are the things that I really enjoy about geocaching. They they take you to these places that are historically relevant, either to your growing up or to people that are visiting. Um, it's just, whoa. So, highly recommend this geocache. It's only been found, let me see, it's always been found about a dozen times now. But uh, 
it's it's Jacksonville's a cool little town. Um, they have a music festival there every year. Chicago's coming this year. ZZ Top will be there in two weeks. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's that's when I gave it a favorite point again because actually, <clears throat> I gave it a favorite point, but. Yours truly also has a physical geocache going into the cemetery. So ah, pick up on that one. Nice. Pick up on that one on the way in. Yeah, mine was based on um, when I was going to high school there. They filmed a major motion picture there starring Cliff Robertson. And they turned the town, made it look like the 1880s again. And the opening scenes is they are riding through the cemetery. Oh, wow. And... Uh, it was, it was, uh, oh, I'll give you a twofer. I'll give you the GC for that one also. <laughs> it's um, GC71, GC71FT, and it's called The Great Northfield Minnesota Raid. And that was the name of the movie that the, um, uh, they filmed in Jacksonville. And one of the things that I always found so interesting about that movie is, you know, they filmed scenes around town trying to make it look 18... 1880s and all that well when they they're riding their horses by the courthouse they have the same 1960s 70s metal picnic tables out in front of the hotel someone <laughs> missed that so it's like it's like god it was so obvious and you know but it was it was a fun movie it was fun having all these people come through uh through the town and of course in Oregon, we're noted for rain, and they filmed it in November, so there were a lot of mud scenes and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's my that's my second favorite geocache. So, anyway, yeah, those are those are. There's a lot of interesting historical stuff down there. A lot of hiking trails, lots of geocaches. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, Rich, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about pocket queries with us and explaining that process. I learned a lot for sure. And thank you for highlighting these two caches for us. They sound like an awesome area. And I'm, I'm going to look up that movie, I think, and see what that's about. Yeah. I think it's available on YouTube. I think it's free. I saw it. You can watch it for free. You don't have to pay for it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, thank you for for asking me to be here. I hope I didn't ramble and bumble on too much, but, uh, you know, you, you get to talking and one thing leads to another. I love it. I love the stories that come out when you just start talking about geocaching them. Yep. It's fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers filled with articles and snippets sent in by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself and I love it. Check them out today at ftfgo.com and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on a show or have a topic you'd like to hear covered? Reach out and let me know. Just go to the geocacheadventures.org website and click on the contact page to reach out. Mm -hmm.